My favorite, my favorite is after a pun, you giggle. <laughs> That's what makes it good. <laughs> What's up to all our hero, oh, heroes in crisis? I almost said. What's up to all our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation? You're listening to Spoiler Alert. Spoilers. I'm your host Johnny Destructo. With me this week is Mark underscore L underscore Miller. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. What's up? Yeah. Cool. Uh, All right, guys. And we're bringing hey. the energy tonight. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, we have an email. Uh, one of the <clears throat> Melio, 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 Melios. Yay. I forget where it came from. I don't remember if someone tweeted at me or if it was a. A fucking email, but someone sent me Rob question mark with a crying emoji face. Editor's note: It was Michael Del Sol. Sorry about that, Michael. Uh, oh. And it took me a second to realize what was being asked there. I didn't. I didn't know. Uh, and it turns out they want to know where Rob Patey is. Optimus douche. So I, I asked. He comes to game night. So I'm mm-hmm. here at the Hero Complex at my shop that I own. Uh, every month we do a board game night, and Rob Patey has been coming every month, and we, we even if it's just the two of us playing this one game, because sometimes we get six people, sometimes we get 30 people, but no matter what happens, at least Rob and I will just sit down mm-hmm. and play the Harry Potter uh, fucking Assault on Hogwarts or some shit, whatever it's called, and uh, it's a super fun game that we really enjoy playing, and uh, I said, so what, are you coming back to the show ever? What's up? Because uh, every week he had an excuse. He's like, oh, I'm working. Oh, I'm working. Oh, I'm doing this other thing. And uh, turns out he just needs a break. He was just like, I just need to take a little break. Everyone else on the show got to take a break. Now it's my turn. Uh, he felt the pressure of having to read the books every week. And he's like, sometimes it's just homework to read all these books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just want to not have to read all these books. <laughs> and I was like, oh, valid. So, um, so that's what I happened guess. I miss Rob, and you get to you get a little bit of Rob then, and I don't get any Rob. It's true. So he's on sabbatical. Yes, he's walking the earth like Cain. Yeah, I'm sad. Oh, I'm kind of too. He's on a sabbatical. Wait, is it? Is but it? But he's on a sadbatical. Is it because? Uh, and you could tell me this. Is it because I started? No, out literally, we was... asked him. I believe. I believe. <laughs> um, I believe Mark and I both asked him separately if it was about you. To which he said no. Oh. He's lying. I'm assuming yeah. he told me he said no to you, Mark. Did he say no to, to you? Yeah, he, he said no to me. Yeah, he okay. said uh, – I asked him and I was just like, well, what's going on? He just feels that like uh, he just doesn't have the, the – the, the, Passion? The passion, yes, the passion in this. Uh, and I could hear that he, it that for he months. Used to. Yeah. <laughs> I could hear yeah. it. Even when we were like, all right, hey, Rob, you're the X guy. What would you think of this X-Men book? He's like, uh. Okay. <laughs> Now it's like we're we we don't really have a just an X guy. 
Yeah, it's true. Well, Although, I, no... I needed him this week. Well, I do have Wikipedia. Well, that's and, true. And or we have this audience that can look everything up for us. <laughs> we do. That's what's great. <laughs> Christopher Goodnight. If you have any questions for Christopher Goodnight, let him know. Uh, all right. Speaking of Christopher Goodnight, we have an email from him entitled... So, no. Not a lot to say. <laughs> How many oh. paragraphs is it, though? Three. Oh, all right, yeah, yeah. I am slowly picking my way through my huge stack of comics from the month of January. I took a box with me, thinking it would be big enough to haul my books home, and it wasn't, so I ended up bringing them home in a diamond shipping box in two Mylar bags that were each about an inch thick. Mm. I ended up spending $190 worth, so I didn't get Conan yet. Maybe next time. I'm also thinking about getting Guardians because I love Horse Thor, a.k.a. Beta Ray Bill, in theory. I've never actually read him. I just <laughs> like the look of him. I do know that I didn't hate that one issue of Heroes in Crisis that everyone seemed to hate. Chris, St. Saucy, good night. This is one of the most perfect emails that Chris has sent. Yeah. It's so concise. And it's, I mean, doesn't say much. It's, it's also so did he, stop, did he stop listening to the show? Is that what it is? Well, he's he's going. <laughs> so he's not writing while he's listening. Yeah. Yes. Okay. He's doing homework. So. Yes. Well. Okay. So does, so if this is his pattern, does that mean that the next email will be three or four pages long of yeah. all the books he's now catching up on? And to be fair, Chris, Chris Chris's uh, aren't as long as the Home Dad Abroad. But the Home Dad Abroad's emails are long on purpose. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He, has, he, does it he is to... intentionally doing that. <laughs> it, like I swear to God, he he maybe outlines what he wants to say, <laughs> and then goes through with a thesaurus and yeah. or makes up words, makes sure they're right, uh-huh. and just goes. Yeah. Which we appreciate. We love it. Oh no, it's amazing. Yeah. All right. So did, wait, um, did everyone hate that issue? Like, well, there was I, a lot of people mad at it. I think it's. I think it's more nuanced than that. Like, I didn't hate the issue, but I no. did understand why people were up in arms about it. I think we talked about it before. Which yeah. one? Uh, the one where Four. Harley beats the Trinity? No, the one with uh, Batgirl's uh... Uh, the Sexy Scars. Sexy Scars? What? Were you not issue... on that episode? Were we not? Were you not... Weren't you yeah, part we, of that? Yeah, we talked about uh, issue... No, you know what? Actually, I think we ended up doing that in my living room because he couldn't make oh. it. Oh, he was moving. It was like the week that you moved. So did, oh, you, okay. did you read the issue number four, four. Mark? That's the one where Batgirl and and Harley team up, right? Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. And yeah. At the end of it, Batgirl is doing her confessional, and she stands up and she shows her bullet wounds. Yeah. And yeah. then there's a scene of like Lois Lane in her panties and a t-shirt for no yeah. real reason and stuff like that. So people were having certain people were having problems with the uh, the way the women were presented in this. Um, by the art and i i think it was a little bit more nuanced than that like it wasn't it's comic books yeah it's cheesecake art it it usually always has been and it probably always will be it was i think the 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 uproar came from well it's it's a story about assault and, and ptsd and she looks a little sexy and it feels weird yeah but everybody took that and ran with it feels weird into Fuck you, DC. Yeah. Which is, there's no connection. It's just like, a, well, you know, maybe the tone's off. Yeah. It was, what's the, what's yeah. the phrase? It's a little, um, oh, when someone does something and you don't quite read the room, it's like, oh, it's a little, ah, fuck. Never mind. Keep talking. Tone deaf. Tone deaf. That's right. exactly yeah. what I, yes, thank you. Well, um, it just, yeah, it feels like, I mean, people go from like zero to irate these days at, 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 
a stiff wind it seems it's just everybody gets so angry these days Mm -hmm. and it goes it's not it's not like oh you know tom king had a bad this was a bad month for him to let's fire him you know fire him and ban him for life from all comic book stores it's just come on people yeah my reaction to it was more calm down Huh. Interesting decision. Yeah, <laughs> Interesting so what, choice. What was funny about this one, though, was I think the backlash to the backlash was much more ramped up yeah. than the actual, like, quote-unquote backlash. So, like, the and, – and I – because we had started talking about this. I looked it up on Twitter and the, the whole thread of it. It's just, like, there was a handful of tweets of, you know, this felt weird and not really the right move, DC, yeah. and uh, on the same week as this because there was another thing that was yeah. happening. So it was it was more about, like, the conversation was more about – tone deafness but then the backlash to those people was just like you know you fucking snowflakes and you social justice warriors are pushing i'm like whoa whoa, whoa. you're allowed to feel that like they missed a mark with a story beat yeah it doesn't necessarily mean we want to set everyone on fire so calm down um but yeah i don't i mean yeah it was just like a weird tone deaf moment of like Mm -hmm. nah that those two things shouldn't go hand in hand Mm -hmm. yeah sexy and assault survival yeah but true um but um, so yeah. Uh, so I don't... wait, she's not allowed to be sexy anymore? No, 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 no! Come on! <laughs> oh, you're kidding! Oh, you're kidding! Okay, I yeah. was like, oh no! Historically, she's always all I see is a woman in peak physical condition showing her scar. I'm like, all right, dude, calm down. Sure. Yeah. Um. So, uh, oh, do you? What do you guys know about Beta Ray Bill? I also like Horse Thor. But only the look of him. I don't know anything about him. I've never been a long-term Thor fan. I didn't really come into Thor until Jason, well, J. Michael Straczynski, really. And then that went into the Jason Aaron stuff, which I really appreciated. But I'm not a big guy who's into the really seminal run of Thor um, by Kirby or by... Um, mm-hmm. um, Walt Simonson. Simonson, thank you. So who? tell me about Beta Ray Bill. Anybody know? He comes from he comes from Walt Simonson's run. Uh, I think basically what happens is that he is a guy that was similar to Donald Blake in that Thor was incapacitated. Um, he was granted the power of Thor um, while Thor was incapacitated, and he's like an a- from an alien race. Uh-huh. And then he hits his he he is has like a little cane as well, and uh, and so he becomes Thor. Uh, and and so his version of Thor, which is kind of like, looks more like a horse face thing, but it's not. It's like a skinned horse almost. I don't yeah, know. It's, it's weird. Like a horse skull. Like a, yeah. Yeah. From my. But go ahead. No, but they yeah, and but the thing is, the aliens they don't look like that. They look more like, they look more like, um, Silver Surfer except orange, and they wear clothes. Huh. Um, they're like all smooth and, and, uh, but they look like regular people. But then when he hits the stick, he turns into this horse thing, which doesn't really make a lot of sense, but it's that like Simonson was the same guy that had Thor turn into a frog and yeah. fight as so, so it's like, there's, there's plenty of stuff that doesn't make sense in, yeah. in Thor. That was one of my, my favorite bits about people upset about Lady Thor. Yeah. And it was like, y- y'all, y'all know there was like a weird horse Thor and a frog Thor before this, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pulling sorry. up a picture of what um, Beta Ray Bill looks like without, like, not thored up. Yeah, he's, he's he just a regular a kind of dude. He doesn't it's, have a nose. He's yeah, he's got yellow skin. It's just he doesn't have like the horse nose or the you know the yeah. equestrian face. 
So yeah, I don't know why that's an interesting. I don't know if that was just like an art choice of of Walt Simonson, and then nobody really knew how to translate it into what <laughs> looks different. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like a Warlock in, in Bill Sienkiewicz, who used to do Warlock really oh, all crazy yeah. and everything, but then like nobody really knew how to um, repeat that, so they just kind of ape Bill Sienkiewicz's style almost. It seems so. Oh, um, yeah. in the uh, in apparently in the Planet Hulk. Uh, animated movie, they gave him a kind of like a slicker or a flat face. Yeah. But other than oh. that, he just he doesn't have the horse well. face. He's but either, just... um, but after so, from my recollection of his origin, all of that. But then after that, he voluntarily re- relinquished Molnir back, and because of that, Odin, you know, recognizes him as a great warrior and actually yeah, gave him Stormbringer uh, yeah, forms or uh, forges a hammer for him. Yeah. So let me ask, Mark, as someone – you've read the Walt Simonson stuff. I read a lot of them back in the day, but um, it's really faded in my mind as far as that stuff. I got into it like right around that time when uh, Thor crossed over into the Mutant Massacre. And so yeah. I, it was like the tail end of Walt Simonson's run. Oh, but my so. question was going to be, is it should I go back? Uh, his stuff is really good. It's, it's really grand, like on a grand kind of like mythic scale. And, mm. and I mean, he's the one he made Malekith. He made like oh. curse, curse, like all of the, really a lot of the iconic, uh, Thor, um, characters yeah. that are around now that, that, uh, Jason Aaron has been playing with. Um, they were all done by Walt Simonson. I okay. Think. Um, so I mean, it might be, I, I don't know this war of realms that's ramping up right mm-hmm. now. I don't, I don't know if I'm interested in it or not. I, so um, far I'm not. Yeah. I, 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 I would like to be, but I'm kind of, maybe I'm just thawed out a little bit. Um, or I've been reading this run of on Thor and I'm just not really bowled over by it, but, mm-hmm. um, and then thinking that it's going to spill out into the the main Marvel universe, that's just going to be interesting. It'll be interesting, but I, I'm not super stoked by yeah, it. It'll either be really, really fun, or it'll be fear itself. Oh, yeah. Wow, that was the last time the like an Asgardian kind of yeah, plot was taken story. over. Yeah, like the yeah. big crossover. That was brutal, and it wasn't good. There was a couple there that were pretty bad. Uh, that and Original Sin. I didn't mind Original Sin. Yeah. I like the concept uh, of it a lot more. Siege, Siege was really good. That was oh, really I awesome. Siege. Siege was nice. Four issues in and out. Yeah. Done. Well, it was. It. it was Siege was like the end of the story that started with Civil War. Like it was awesome. Yeah. Oh, was it? But yeah. it was. It also had a lot to do with Thor, though. I think at that time, right? Yeah. Wasn't as, it? Asgardian. Oh, yeah. Asgardian. Yeah. Asgardian. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, let's get started. Thank you so much, Chris St. Saucy. Good night. And also, other fan who noticed that Rob was missing. <laughs> I totally. <laughs> I'm sorry, I forgot your name. He's uh, he is pleased that he's been missed. Yeah, yeah. I got the, I got the sense that he was a little sad that no one missed him. So, I mean, besides us, besides us, obviously. I miss him. I miss you, buddy. Yeah. All right, Heroes in Crisis number five of nine from uh, Tom King and Clay Mann. Uh, I'm oh. just I'm just gonna I. I know that there are problems with these books and that uh, fandom at large seems to be having a problem with Tom King and with this series. But honestly, uh, I'm really enjoying it. I think uh, it's not – I'm not enjoying it as much as I'm enjoying Doomsday Clock. 
but I am enjoying it. Every time I read an issue, I put it down and I feel satisfied. I feel like there was something of worth in that issue. I feel like the art is really awesome. Every time Clayman um, uh, does an issue, I think it's great looking. So um, he should and- really do a Clayface book. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Just no, I've never heard that joke before. Okay, actually, I had good. to squeeze it in there <laughs> quick. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so here we have on the cover the new the cover for Heroes in Crisis number five. We've got a nice cover of Zack Snyder's Superman being an asshole, being real mean and pointing at a crowd of people who are cheering. I don't know what's happening in this so fucking. I got the cover. Ni- I got the uh, more family friendly cover of a Polaroid of Jason Todd getting beaten with a crowbar. Yeah, oh, it's, a, it's a little bit nicer. <laughs> yeah. Um, than fascist Superman. Fun side note: as a TV, as a T-shirt designer, my first design was a Jason Todd has it coming T-shirt. It's uh, it's really, it's really fucked up. I thought that <laughs> was, I thought that was, uh, was uh, Superman being played by Harrison Ford, the Finger of Doom. Oh right, because he always get off my plane. He always like He's points always, his finger at stuff. So page page one, panel one. I called the smudge. Yeah, like. Issues ago, like issues ago, he actually like took off his yeah. visor and started like wiping it. Like they've been, oh. pl- and it was from the Batman run. So I just want to, just want to take credit for that. Like, oh, it's a fucking smudge. He's still playing with that smudge. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm very happy about that. But, yeah, yeah, and it's about it's. I mean, it's the smudge isn't really there. It's just the guilt that he feels well, about a lot of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I get it. No, I get I get what you're saying. That's true. That seems seems to be that. Old Booster has some problems right now. But there is no problems with the title page. Yo, that double play, double page splash of uh, Booster Gold and Blue Beetle sitting on the couch watching television. And I, I sort of noticed the decorations on the wall looked strangely like letters. And then I was like, oh, shit. So, yeah, if you look at this double page, uh, it says Heroes in Crisis, but it's all done. The text is created using the window, the clock. Um, the beer bottles. The beer bottles, the pizza, the boots. It's so cool. The, yeah. So good. So, yeah, it, it took me a while to figure out what I was looking at, but after a while, I was like, oh, shit, that's all text. Really cool. Yeah. It's um, pretty cool. Yeah. I like it. Um, they're manspreading pretty badly yeah well they're on their own couch they're allowed you're right if anybody else wanted to have a seat then it should be a conversation of hey can you move now i had seen on <laughs> twitter a couple of days ago uh, what i thought was a spl- like a um a uh, piece of art from this book and it was booster gold and blue beetle cuddling on the couch and i was like is that a real is this real uh so i guess on the actual finished project they're uh you know just man spreading but I was surprised by that. Um, so what were you guys' thoughts of this book? I liked it. I love the... And that's that, all. <laughs> the, the last page, uh, really, there's a joke yeah. um, that uh, Harley Quinn tells uh, a joke that the Joker had told her. Mm-hmm. And that page really, I thought, was really well done. It was kind of brutal. Uh, it emotionally got me. Uh, I thought that was my favorite page of the book, actually. Um, and it says a lot. 
uh, about Harley Quinn and the Joker's relationship and how fucked up it is that people seem to look at their fictional relationship and think that it's sexy or hot or any of those things when Harley is clearly like, yeah, she's mentally unwell, but she is super abused by that man. And uh, the last page of that I just thought was so well done. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a lot of things in this issue. So I I I also very much liked this issue, but I liked it because it's the first of five that the plot has actually started moving. Yeah, it's been four issues of setup and on the fringes information and here and there, and now the plot is actually starting to move where you're getting pieces of a mystery. So this felt great. This was nice. Uh, so I I don't know I. Let's hope it continues. I just don't... Uh, the four issues before this could have been two. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's been slowly building towards it, which I, I don't mind. And I feel like there's enough in each of the issues... Is there? ...that uh, I feel like there's enough uh, in each of the issues to keep me interested. Like I've said, I've enjoyed every issue of this book, mm. whether or not there's some problematic art. Uh, as a man who likes looking at the female form, a part of me was also like, I like looking at this. It's inappropriate, but I'm also like, you know. I, I, that's that's not even a factor for me. It was It's just the tease. Just the, and, and there's a there's a balance with a storyteller, especially when you're doing a, a mystery mm-hmm. of here's a piece and then move the plot and then, you know, juke this way and jive that way. But this was... This has been four issues of setup. It's like it's like we're in a we were in a perpetual cold open, and that's just it's just a it's weak structure, oh, right? At right. least that's how it's felt. Everything that mattered in this book up until now has been happening off panel, and that's not cool. It's true. Uh, yeah, I think I, I, I as much as stuff starts to happen in this issue there still feels like there's a lot of just uh i don't know just space being taken by splash pages and long disposition or long exposition um or discourse um from just this speech from superman that goes on pretty much through the entire book that that Um, i felt was a little lengthy I mean, there there's this full page splash of like shining night in a castle, and I'm like, that just looks like some something taken from Clayman's art portfolio, and not really having to do with anything in this story at all. I will agree with you if it winds up that that has nothing to do with the story. But so f- when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's strange. Also, I had to ask Noel, who the fuck is that? Um, yeah, I that's, even, it, it really that's did that, feel out of place. Yeah. I mean, that's Shining Knight from yeah. uh, The Seven Soldiers of Victory that, remember, Graham Morrison had it so that you couldn't tell if it was a, well, everyone thought it was a, a man, and then under the armor, all of a sudden, it's, they started drawing her yeah. like a woman. It was like and a it's, 14-year-old or, like, really young yeah, girl yeah. warrior kind of thing, yeah. yeah. It was but, a Mulan I mean, situation. I was getting ready to say Mulan yeah. situation, God damn it. It was a, yeah, it was kind of a Mulan situation. It was more, to me, it was, felt more like almost crying game situation because it it was like they drew him in a they drew her in a in a masculine way for the entire series and then the last issue they drew her feminine well i remember this is a this is a um a side note but back when was it john byrne was drawing spider-man and spider-man chapter one and there was like peter parker had given up being spider-man and all of a sudden this other spider-man showed up out of nowhere who could it be and it turns out it was like Spider Girl, 
Yeah. It's like, but you were drawing it as Spider-Man for issues and issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just kind of that's that. I, know, I I always felt that was a cop out ending. It's just like just to be controversial or just yeah. to, I don't know, just to have a a shocker at the end when nobody was even like wondering that yeah. like throughout the whole series. It, it, I don't know. It just it just seemed like a shock for shock's sake. But that has nothing to do with this book. But it's just, uh, yeah. I just felt that that like that page. That page alone would really the other ones I mean they were mainly they were he was he's basically talking about how much trust uh people have in the heroes uh the debate the debate is whether or not this book um sort of takes the heroism out of the superheroes by actually admitting that they have faults and and that they have fears and and uh you know they get hurt as well um but I think that the problem is that that's that was the initial kind of argument about this book. I think um, just like, do we really want to see these these heroes in therapy? Not that they don't need it or anything like that, but um, it. But then the faults in the actual plan or the setup of this story really became evident after the first issue when it's like. Uh, the therapy comes from you just sitting down in front of a screen and talking and uh, like that there it's being erased immediately afterwards and all of this other stuff. And how, how could they think that that would not be, that that would be foolproof? You know, it's like just the initial construct of it was so full of faults and so lacking in an understanding of what therapy is that, that, it's really hard for me to get into this because the initial it was just so dumb from the beginning. So what if we went back like I like I said it, like if those first four issues we had four issues to ruminate and pick at all of the holes when yeah. really the most important thing that mattered was the inciting incident of everyone gets murdered the yeah. the escalation of that where um the world finds out and then now Superman's approach to it which actually I liked a lot like it was a it was a, it was essentially the the um, you know the um, the mission statement of this book was that speech of yeah yeah despite their faults they are doing this like a you shouldn't see it as a weakness you should see it as another reason to admire these people yeah. which yeah. is literally it, it seems to be the mission statement or, or at least the theme of this entire book and then there's just a murder mystery around it so mm-hmm. I appreciate all that but yeah the fact that we had four issues to kind of just sit on these holes it you know by the time it kind of gets to the point you it doesn't have as much impact yeah yeah, yeah. It, it feels a little like all right yeah I, I knew that that's fine i guess that's cool instead of it being yeah and like really going with it yeah yeah i agree i mean if they would have started this out right here like with this speech here as like a way to open this story i think it it would have been a lot better you know with that speech mm-hmm. i do um, feel like this book has finally started <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean and we i'm were excited that about way, it we were feeling that way about doomsday clock weren't we uh no doomsday doomsday clock felt like it was going somewhere this just felt like it kept giving us information like it wasn't progressing yeah. for like the first two issues didn't progress the third issue was like almost all flashback or, and it showed people in the sanctuary. The fourth issue was a beat of plot where, you know, you find out the world is going to find out about it. And then this actually feels like a start. Like, hmm. 
Like the actual, like the inciting incident has has run its course, and now this is the ramifications and the new version of the world that they have to deal with. Right. Like it, it well, it's happening too far into the story. It, like it, a lot of goodwill was put forth by us as readers to just keep pushing through with it because it had one or two really good ideas or mm-hmm. one or two good nuggets or I trust these right this writer I trust this artist. Like it's a lot of goodwill that's been put forth. And now we're, it's finally, it seems like it's starting to pay off. I want to love this. I'm a simple I fella. I want to love I'm this. I'm a simple man with a simple plan. <laughs> That's a movie. I don't know. Um, I do. I mean, I, I do want to talk it... about really the, the thing that really kind of does push this plot along in that it's it, like, it's just one line in this book, but it really is probably the most important thing that's been said so far about, about the mystery at all. And just where uh, booster notices that Wally's body is five days too old. Yes. Um, which means that there has been time travel involved here. This might be something that might be happen, like might happen in the future. And that it's, it's a possibility that Wally isn't dead. Right. Well, that I mean, anytime you deal with time yeah. travel on a speedster, I assume they're not dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Well, Noel's um, been thinking that Wally's the culprit, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think Booster's not really uh, is Booster. I think. Oh no, sorry. I think Blue Beetle is actually dead and in Booster's head, and I think that Wally's the culprit or at least the main um, red herring. Yeah, I am one hundred percent have noticed. Like uh, Booster's not, there. or I'm sorry, uh, Blue Beetle. Beetle's not there. He's dead. Yeah, he's not there. No, I don't know if he's. No, I don't de- think Beetle's dead. I do. They would, they would not kill Ted Cord twice. Won't I, they? I think he's not there. He, I, he might not be there. But oh, they, I'm sorry. But, yes. Whatever. But they would yeah. not kill him twice. It's like they they made that mistake with Maxwell Lord blowing his brains out. Uh, in uh, shit, I don't know. This was pre fifty two, um, and Infinite I don't crisis. think that they would. Yeah, I don't think that they would do the do that again. But you're right, though. I think he is. He's talking. I don't. I don't know if he's around. Yeah, whether actually. he's dead or not, he's definitely not there. Yeah, yeah. I think he's dead. Okay, that's I'm fine. sticking with it. I'm sticking okay. with it. I think he's dead. But I just don't know if he died at Sanctuary, or if he died previously, and mm-hmm. all of that sticks. Yeah. But to, to finish what I was saying is, I'm a simple guy. Uh, when I'm looking at these books. You can look at story structure. You can look at all of these things about whether or not they're following the rules or what have you. Um, But at the end of the day, it's a gut feeling of, am I enjoying this series? Do I enjoy picking it up? Am I happy when I put it down? Am I looking forward to the next issue? All of those signs say yes to me. Um, Whether or not you're enjoying the story structure or how long it took. Like, yes, you may be right. It's taking this long to get to the point of the book or or to the forward momentum of the book. But I have enjoyed all of the issues so far. So I have not been bored getting up to this point. I haven't sat there going, oh, when are we going to get to something? I read the issue and I go, oh, that was a really pleasant experience. I'm intrigued by what's happening. Uh, The art is great. The storytelling is interesting enough to keep me going. I'm in. Let's go. So like, that's what I was saying is like, I'm, I'm a simple guy as far as when it comes to these things, either I liked it or I didn't like it. I don't know. I, I oscillate between back and forth. I, I've, this has been, you know, top of the stack every time it's come out, I've enjoyed okay. reading it, but it's felt like empty calories. You know, like I also enjoy eating an entire frozen pizza by myself, mm-hmm. but then I feel like shit or I know mm-hmm. exactly what was wrong with it. Yeah, like it's, it's enjoyable and gotcha. I, and I don't, re- I only mildly regret it. Okay. 
But you know, is that is that Wally um, holding the rose? The ro- rose I think in the harbor. I think so. At well, least we're meant glove. to think so. Right. It's a red glove with the red stitching, the same way that uh, his his hands are drawn. I'm still going back to like issue three, where it's that one creepy scene of him putting on a gold mask, talking to no one, talking to his kid, dead kids that aren't there. Like something yeah. is wrong, was wrong with Wally, and now it's just like all hinging on Wally. I, I maybe they brought him back to make him a murderer. I Let me know. ask you this: <laughs> um, you know, there's a bunch of movies that have, well, a couple of movies that have come out over the past couple of years where people have started talking to and engaging about mental illness, and let's say M Night Shyamalan, the in in Split, Split, there was a character with DID. And he's a monster. He's a guy with DID, an actual, an actual illness that exists in the real world, and he is a murderer because of it. And, you know, we've had this over the years of people with mental illness are, are treated as villains because they're mentally ill, when most of the time mentally ill people don't murder people. Mm-hmm. I'm aware that we are separating fact from fiction here. Like We're talking yeah, about yeah. stories. But, you know, when we're talking about these characters who are going to this place for help... And now one of them has murdered everybody. Do you, do you guys have any feelings about that? Like, let's say Wally did lose his children and um, he's dealing with that. Do you, how do you feel about him being the murderer if he is one? Um, a guy who has up until now been a totally, he's a force for good. Well, they, I th- so on that point, a force for good, in the last couple of appearances before this book Mm. they were seeding that he was like losing it and that's why they sent him to sanctuary because of all the shit that he went through um how do i feel about it um it depends on how they no matter what it's going to be perceived by people that maybe have not read the whole thing or it misses the mark with that it's in incredibly poor taste no matter what okay um it really just depends on how the story is told and the motivation is articulated because people are people no matter what so if you understand why somebody does something no matter what their mental state is Mm. then it's not as egregious but if it's just they were crazy get it out of the crazy person's hands kind of Mm. thing then yeah that would feel icky yeah as as somebody who loves wally west it's just i'm hoping that this isn't the case um I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this it. This is incredibly yeah. this is an incredibly loaded uh topic though. Yeah. Like for, well, for them to do Go ahead, Mark, a I'm story. sorry. It, well, I, I, I don't know. I feel like um I mean this has been brought up with uh Moon Knight quite a bit as oh, well. Right. Is it, yeah, are yeah, they yeah, are they celebrating the mental illness and and exploiting it or are they doing a story about a person with mental illness and respecting those who may be suffering from the same thing? And I think in horror, all through horror, I mean, you can go all the way back to Psycho, where yeah, they're, right. really, they're really um, showing the, the, the horrific side of mental illness. But I think that there are also, I, I think there are ways you can show respect to it just by talking about, I, I think that it would have been nice to see some really interesting therapy scenes here instead of a real world confessional during a a long this. And I think that that would have, that would have shown a little bit more respect to mental illness, to the treatment of mental illness and and things like that. Um, I think just from the beginning, it's flawed in the way that it 
it depicts um, therapy and and mental illness. Um, and I, if it turns out that this they're going to all of a sudden do a switcheroo and make a make a longtime hero into a a, a mass murderer, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at at this scene with the protector, and I remember getting that that issue of Teen Titans where the protector was in it, and it was about just say no to drugs. And it said like how he's doing things. Uh, he's got red gloves. Um, I mean, he's. <laughs> I mean, who's to say that some of these people that are um, some of these people, yeah, that are supposed victims in here aren't part of this, or, or that maybe it's not just a mass murderer. Maybe it was just of the culmination of a, a perfect storm of getting. It's like an Arkham Asylum breakout. You know, it's mm-hmm. like all of the all of you have like just a mass chaos there and a bunch of people died because of that. Well, do you, uh, do you think Sanctuary killed it? Killed everyone? Sanctuary? I think that might be, I think that might actually be, have been the case. In but the, and you I mean don't... like a la, um, uh, Danger, the Danger Room came to life? Yeah. In Joss Whedon's yeah. run of X-Men? Yeah. It, yeah. And, and it could, it, it seems as though it could take the form of anything. Well, Maybe like, it hold was on a Wally, second. So but... real quick, you know, you were talking about that scene where Wally in the other issue was holding that mask to his face. Yeah, I got um, it right here. What, who's the guy who controls your emotions? Uh, Psycho Pirate. Psycho Pirate. Is it not possible yeah. that Psycho Pirate had something to do with this? Possibly. I don't even well, know no, if he's they there. Were, they were the masks that the admittance of Sanctuary wore to yeah. keep. So yeah. like he... Anonymity. Yeah. But I'm saying they look very similar to... The they psycho do. pirate mask. So I'm wondering. Also, if that's the just Medusa mask. Do you remember the Medusa mask that Johnny, Johnny Handsome or what? What's his name? He was in the Johnny Justice Bravo. Society. No, he had a red mask that looked exactly like that mask. Oh, I don't remember. And he had, and it like he would take off the mask, and everybody would go crazy if you looked at if you looked behind the mask. Mm-hmm. It was like Johnny Sorrow. Johnny Sorrow. That's who it was. Oh, Johnny Sorrow. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Um and he was in the old JSA. But still that was pre-52. Um I don't know. I think anything could happen. Um if it's a good mystery, we have already seen who the killer is. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, I hope so. If it's a bad mystery, then he could throw something stupid out there like then you know, I know it, what you did it, last summer. Yeah, I mean it 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 fuck, it could be fucking Gorilla Grodd for all we know, you know, it's like he could just pull anything out of out of his ass by the end of it, but I'm hoping that it's a well-structured mystery that, that we can actually go back and say, aha ah, here's the clues, it's Gene Loring Gene yeah. Loring did it all yes, all right. she did, well her. let's move on have we, do you have anything else to say about this? nah, alright uh, Superman Action Comics number 1007 big things happened in this issue did they yeah tell me about them well hold on tell me about them after i tell the people that it's by brian michael bendis and steve epting it starts here the most dangerous secret in the dc universe go uh it's um, you go go i go straight to the spoiler like i think something very big happened go um (laughs) lois lane told sam lane her 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 father that She's, She's married, married to, to Superman. Superman. Yeah. So Superman. Yes. That her, that his grandson is the spawn of Superman. The, the Superboy. The person that he hates. Yeah. More than anything else in this world. 
and he abandons her. I, I think there. I should should I care more about this? I, I didn't care cool. about that scene that at all. Great. It's yeah. I mean, it's a big scene, but I it's it didn't really hit me. It didn't knock me off my feet. You know what kind of annoyed me about this issue? I'm glad you asked. Uh, the way people treat fucking Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. Jimmy Olsen, this staple character who's been around forever, who's been Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. This is not the first time that Superman has been talking directly to Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy Olsen has been trying to tell him something important. The guy with fucking super hearing. And uh, Clark goes, ah, cool, I'll talk to you later. And then, like, just leaves without listening to anything he's saying. Yeah. But I always thought that their relationship was a little more kind than that. Am I crazy? I don't think so. I th- I, I I think this is that those have been uh, that's happened like probably three times because I I actually sat down and read the last three or four issues of this series, um, uh-huh. and it has happened at least three times in this uh, in this book so far. Yeah, like he tries um, to reveal something to him and like confide in him, and Clark goes, "Hold that thought," and then just like runs away. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's after I mean, Robin Good. They revealed in the last couple of issues is not the Red good. Cloud. She's the Red Cloud. Yeah, yeah. she's and the Red Cloud. I Even though it, I thought I thought it was going to be the fire person, fire department lady, well, that, but instead it's this Robin Good. Let's actually talk about that real quick. I really appreciate that old style mystery of like, here are the suspects. Mm-hmm. Who do yeah. you think are the? Who do you think it actually is? And then we reveal who it is without dragging it out forever. Yeah, it was it was in the last issue. Yeah, well, it was I, the issue before last, and then the last issue was almost exclusively Robin Good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And her hooking up with that big old kingpin lady. Yeah. Who yeah. owns tons of Superman memorabilia? So it's like it was a it was a peek also, inside the door of all this other stuff, and I think they're going to move away from it for a while. Yeah, yeah. But she I just also like she also is the secret owner, owner of the Daily Planet now. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And the, fir- the, the car from the first uh, appearance of Ac- Superman in Action Comics. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Smashing that big car. Well, I, I I I agree. I like that sort of setup where here's the here's the suspects, and then you you have a little bit of mystery and then you have a reveal problem is the only reason we knew that is because they put it in the back of the book and they were like, who is the red cloud? Is it this person? Is it this person? Is it, it didn't happen in the story. It happened in the ad campaign. Oh, I disagree. I think we were presented with all of the different options, new characters who we've never met before. Mm. And then, uh, here's the red cloud. Who's a female. So, I mean, I was, I was already looking for, for like, oh, is it maybe it's this fire lady? Where we are, we were talking about it on the show, weren't we? We were, but that was that they had that like thing at the end of the the last issue, yeah, saying like who it is, and they listed the four suspects. When really it could have been, I mean, it could have been Cat, whatever, like, you know, Cat Grant, Trish, Trish, what's her name? Who's the the gossip lady. I forget. I, that I, I'm, I was thinking of uh, Trish Takanoa, but she's from Family Guy. There, but Trish Takanoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, or I mean, they, I guess Lois Lane was in there too. I mean, they had a lot of they had a lot of suspects, but I mean, I just didn't like it. I didn't really notice it as like this is the cross section of the people who it could be. Um, I was. I wish it was like less obvious in the ad campaign and more obvious in the story. Itself. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see that. Where Superman is like. Could it be this person? Could it be this person? You know, you get some inner dialogue. Yeah, um, him trying to do some actual um, reporter work. Yeah, investigating yeah. things like that. Yeah. Yeah. But um, anyway, I mean, it's it, 
I liked the last couple of issues. This issue was pretty strong, I think. Uh, I, I do think that it was a it was an interesting conversation she had with her dad. Um, it was just rather talky and not. Um, I mean, I think it could have been a well acted scene. Um, I think again, this is Bendis being a little too wordy um, with that conversational conversational style that um, he's playing it as the movie in his head and it might be a really dramatic scene but the way it looks on the page in this double page spread just is like if you look at these two pages it's it's one of those pages where you turn turn to and you're like, oh god, there's no action going on in here. It's just two people talking. I, you know what, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm gonna disagree with you only because I had happy flashbacks of like Epting and Brubaker work and like Velvet or something. This actually felt like a small four page scene from a political spy thriller in the middle of my Superman book, and I loved it. Yeah, I, I was yeah. Um, there are times where I turn a page and I see all the text and I go, oh Jesus, no, please. But this one, it 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 read like the thing you're saying, Mark. You know about the scene in in the head. Um, it felt like that to me. It felt dramatic. I don't care about the stakes of it. I don't care if Lois Lane's dad. You know, I, I guess he's but supposed he's to be General the thun- Sam Lane. He's right, Thunderbolt Ross. He. That's what I was getting ready to say. Oh, sorry. Um, it, it, if this was Thunderbolt Ross and the Hulk, then I would care. But for some yeah. reason, I've never really felt the driving force of Lane being against Superman the same way that Thunderbolt Ross has, like, this undying hatred of the Hulk. For some yeah. reason, it never – maybe I just don't read enough Superman comics for this to, to punch me. They haven't played with it in a really long time, or at least not explicitly in a really long time, but it's it's been forever. But, I mean, everyone loves Superman, and the Hulk is a rampaging, like, beast. You know, Superman is not – we're not talking about Zack Snyder's Superman. We're talking about (laughs) the DC Superman. Um, So I think that it's it's weird because, you know, that's like saying she's she's like – you know, she's – it's she might as well be saying like she's in love with Jesus, you know, like a modern day Jesus or or, you know, some somebody huge in the world that everyone knows, everyone sort of respects and sees as a hero for the most part. Um, and uh, yeah, I was looking for some something a little heavier. I don't know. Maybe just the, maybe it'll, it'll pan out later on when we see what his reaction is going to be. But um I think this is a. I think this feels like a setup for her, Maybe. like for whatever her role is going to be. Because like the last, what's happening in the background of the last couple of issues has been very lane or uh, Lois Lane centric. Like like the A plot has been, you know, this new status quo in the underworld of Metropolis, but the B plot has definitely been Lois finding herself. And I think this is like a quantum leap forward for whatever that is. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's a spinoff book or whatever, like of this Lois felt Lane? important. Yeah. I, feel, oh, I, I think not. so. Why? I don't want to read a Lois Lane spinoff. Depends on who's writing it. What if it was like Rucka? Just... I'd rather just have a good, huh? I'd rather just have a good story in Superman. Yeah. With Same. her. Same. 
And it seems, I mean, he's, I feel like he's doing it. A lot of people online are mad at her, like, oh, she's a bad wife. And I'm like, no, she's a human being. Fucking relax. Why is she a bad wife? Well, because she came back to Earth and didn't tell Superman that she was here. And she's like, she just fucking needed some alone time. Extenuating circumstances when you're married to the Messiah. I mean, I agree. As a husband, I would like to know that if, that my wife came home from the other part of the galaxy ahead of schedule and was like living in a hotel. But, you know, I don't know. He should, she, you know, I could just, she should just turn it around on him. Like, you have super hearing and you couldn't even, you didn't even notice that I was back. You don't love me because you didn't know I was back, yeah, Superman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a test. You failed. <laughs> yes, you failed the test. There you go. So, anyway. Oh, Cobra's back. Yeah. I love that. that. I love that scene where – so, okay. Uh, so anybody who doesn't know, uh, I was talking about Jimmy Olsen earlier. And basically the first page is we see some texts coming from this snake lover girl or something on his phone. Like, hey, meet me tonight, blah, blah, blah. And uh, she's so excited. She loves him. And she just wants to share this really special part of her life with Jimmy Olsen. And she's taking the next step with him. And it's to go to the fucking Cobra Cult meeting. And then yeah. he starts taking pictures. So then she immediately is like, he's a traitor. Yeah, what? she outs you him. Just... It's like, yeah. yeah. Well, he didn't infiltrate you. I mean, I mean her, her decision-making skills are suspect because she's a cult member. Yeah. Touche. But, yeah, yeah but I, I just, as soon as I saw it, I was just like, it, it made me think fondly of uh, Checkmate. Oh, yeah. Which was all, like, Cobra-centric, and I loved it. I haven't seen them in forever. But. True. Um, and, you know, in all of these splash pages that mm-hmm. open this up, they keep on talking about Leviathan and Cobra, the Cobra cult and all this other stuff. So and Leviathan was I don't know if this is going to be the same Leviathan that was in Batman Incorporated or not. But I hope so. It's got to be. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I guess now it's moving over to Metropolis now, which will be interesting. Um I don't know. The same kind of bomb that went off inside that place mm-hmm. went off later than when uh, Superman uh, saves Waller. So something's going on. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is an interesting uh, first first uh, issue of a nice arc. Um, and we we reviewed a thousand uh, an issue number one thousand and seven. So people can't yell at us for not. For not the only doing, doing number, number ones. ones. Yes. Yeah. Speaking yes. of next, yes. yeah. Um, my, uh, I, I love the scene because Amanda Waller gives Superman so much shit, and she always does. I really, the little part of me was tickled that when she got kicked out of a fucking window, her first thing to scream was Superman. Yeah. <laughs> I love she, that. she couldn't believe that would that actually work. She's like, oh yeah, they yeah, think that would work. Well, so. um. I, I did want to point out that uh, Eptig is is really channeling some Kurt Swan in this in oh, yeah. this book, mm-hmm. uh, with just the way he draws, mainly dra- the way he draws Superman. It's in a very classic style, um, and just the way his face works, his face looks, and uh, his face, and uh, just the way that he's drawing him. It's it's a little cheesy, but it's still. Like the scene where he's in Atlanta, he's like, "Hi, hello," and everybody's like, "Superman, this bus has been stuck for an hour," and he was like, "I'll fly up and check it out." It's like really old school Superman, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it's it's cool. Yeah, no, it's... I'm I'm really enjoying it. a lot of. I gotta stop reading the goddamn comments, but anytime Newsarama or any other people like uh, any other news sites 
post something. There's all these people who are like, Bendis is ruining the DC comics and blah. Uh, and I'm having such a fucking blast with these If anything, books. he's like infusing it with a little bit more like emotionality. Like it, yeah. these, these books have been more fun than they've been in a while. Not, not to say that Peter J. Tomasi is not dope as fuck. True. He's yeah. great. Okay. I just want to get that fucking clear, Noel. I mean, there's. I, I've liked some things. I'm not. I'm not a giant fan of his detective lately. How dare you? We'll talk about that on another episode. <laughs> but first, let's get to Age of X Men Alpha number one, by written by Zach Thompson and Lon, Lonnie Nadler, with art by Ramon Rosanas. And these those guys did something you guys probably uh, you guys probably remember the Dregs from Black Mask. Oh, the writers. Oh, neat. The art is much better in this. Mm-hmm. I really like this artist a bunch. Uh, but, all right, so just first off the bat, we dealt with this a couple of episodes ago. There was another sequence where people froze in their tracks, and I had no idea that they were frozen in their tracks because it's a fucking comic book where everything is frozen all the time. Yeah. So The freeze. The what was it called? The freeze. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, at least here, you can tell that people are frozen because uh, the colors are very muted. Yeah. But st- I still didn't. And then eventually they start floating away. Apparently, um, but uh, that did not read to me for the first fucking three page. I don't know why I'm cursing so much. First, like three or four pages, I didn't realize people were frozen. <sighs> fucking fuck. Uh, fuck. Let me fucking, fucking think. We're I... we're a Rob Zombie podcast now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, otherwise, um, I'm enjoying this. I don't think you really need to know what's going on in Uncanny X-Men, which led directly into this, because I think it sets up the mystery by itself just fine. In fact, I don't know if Uncanny led directly into this or not, because I haven't kept, it's a weekly book. Well, that was, I think they, was, they think they all disappeared at the end of that series. Yeah, oh, it yeah? was like 10 like, weeks, right? It was like yeah. a 10 week weekly. And then it led into this, and then this is going to happen separately, and Uncanny's going to keep going is with it? the now not dead Scott Summers. Okay, but um, but yeah, like this is an alternate reality. Like Mark, Mark's this is favorite. your favorite, right? <laughs> uh-huh. Um, I don't know. I mean, they set up some interesting situations here. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I not a big fan of Bishop's going now he's he's looking like sam jackson it's like everybody's it, you know bishop was cool because he had a mullet <laughs> was you know? he though was that <laughs> I mean, why he that, was cool that was one of the reasons why and they just shaved off bishop's mullet well so and also I, I feel like um i mean bishop doesn't always look like this currently right this is a age of x-man version of bishop just yes. like peter Piotr. so what is very the different age of x-man for the listeners that haven't read this yet well, it seems like it's an alternate reality yes. where Professor Xavier is dead. Um, and they've done a, a similar thing that they did with the Avengers about two years ago, where they revealed that, oh my gosh, there was a hidden member of the original team. So instead of Beast being part of the original five X-Men, uh, this Nate Gray version uh, is was part of the five original X-Men characters. I didn't read that. Okay. Oh, it's in there. So, um, there's this... Was that Nate a... Gray? I thought that might have been... No, it's Nate. Oh, I, get... 
I guess that is Nate Gray. You're right. I thought it was uh, Bishop for a second, but I guess you're right. Yeah. And so basically we have a world where not only the original founding members of the X-Men different, but some cataclysmic event happened where everyone was a mutant. So now the entire world is filled with mutants and there seems to be some covert government operation that is limiting their interaction with each other romantically. So we've got Bishop and who was it? Was it Jean? Jean. Jean Grey and Bishop have a secret love affair and then people come to kidnap Bishop and do something with him and then um, they off panel they go to see Jean Grey and And erase her memory which is pretty impressive considering she's one of the world's most powerful telepaths. And then the, the cool thing I thought was we see a uh, portrait of the X-Men team, and we've got Magneto. I don't know who that woman is. Storm. Oh, is that, oh right. Storm. Duh. So Magneto, Storm, Nightcrawler, Bishop, Colossus, a, a woman with uh, antlers. <coughs> they say her name. It's like Earthling. Nature like, Girl. Nature Girl. Um, Nate Gray and uh, Jean Gray. And then at the very end, after Bishop has been dealt with by this clandestine um, extremists, age, or yeah, the extremists, what, wait, yeah, extremists who consist of X twenty three, Psylocke, and oh, it's not X twenty three. You're right. That's Psylocke, Iceman, who looks like a Nazi, and some unknown woman who I don't with actually know who that is. Fingers that go in brains. Yeah, finger. We'll call her finger brain fingers. No finger um, brains. And uh, we see that same portrait again later, and uh, Bishop in the portrait has been replaced by X-23. Yeah. So there you go. It, that, it, did I cover it? It seems – It's and also, too, no one is born naturally, I guess. Yeah. They're, like, born out of – they're hatched. Yeah, nine hatchlings or, or – yeah. yeah. It's it's weird. It's Stepford Wivesy um, utopia kind of thing. Yeah, and they, oh, they also find this girl who has an ability uh, on her ninth hatch day, which is instead of birthday, she's been hatched. So, yeah. Why is why is Nate Gray winking all the time? <laughs> is he? Oh, yes. yeah, look at that. He's winking in every panel. I'm looking. I don't see him. Um, can you guys remind me about Nate Gray's abilities? He can do anything. I have no idea. He could do anything? Where's he been this whole time? Well, he just showed up in Ultimate X-Men. Ulti- yeah. Uh, he is, I'm sorry. He is, I'm sorry. Yes, he, he came out of Age of Apocalypse. The original okay. Age of Apocalypse, yeah. Yeah. And then they had an, X, an X-Men thing, and they had him kind of walk the earth as he was Nate Gray if Nate Gray was actually – he was the son of Gene and – Cyclops from an alternate reality where they actually had a kid and raised him. Gotcha. Um, okay, so, so he's alternate cable? Yes, it's exactly he's, what he is. He's alternate cable. Yeah. Um, so his abilities are ability to exist in incorporeal incorporeal as living psychic energy, omnipotent powers which are most commonly used for telekinesis, telepathy, energy and matter manipulation, psychometry, precognition, astral projection, teleportation, cross-dimensional travel and energy projection. Yeah. So yeah, he can so do he anything. Can, he can yeah. do just about anything. And he makes um, bitchin' omelets. Like what the fuck isn't on that list? <laughs> Ugh. 
So, but yeah, it, like he's like a catch-all character, and he's he obviously he's created this universe. Um, he's trying to keep it together, but as most things, like the the people he's brought together, it's gonna there's gonna be some you you can't control everything. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to create he's trying to control this universe. We've seen this story before. It's interesting. It's well drawn. It's well written here in this book, but we have seen this story before. So this is this is one of those really um it appears that this is like an exhausting seeming um event with a lowercase e um so this is big X. age of x men alpha mm-hmm. yeah. but there is no age of x men number 2 there's so, seven other books so here with we go. there one. will be an age of x men omega i'm sure coming. that's how they'll wrap <laughs> right. it up so, Marvelous X-Men number one, Next Gen number one, The Amazing Nightcrawler number one, Extremists number one, Prisoner X number one, Apocalypse and the Extracts number one. <laughs> God damn it. Just give me Age of X-Men one through fucking five or six, yeah. seven. Yeah. And yeah. Let's be done with it. Don't I, give me all these number ones. I do I do appreciate it. I think it was like on, on page like 12 or 13, Glob, just like that that zero in on his eyeball. That is so creepy. Find out what's Shit. on his mind in next gen number one. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, it's, that nine year old, it's dude? cute. We, we've, we've, we've kind of moved away from that, uh, Wait, sort of cute? thing where it's, it's cute. Like it, it, it reminds me of old school, like Marvel, oh, yeah. like we've moved away. We've moved away from that sort of storytelling. Um, and I think that that is, it, it makes it kind of fun. Yeah. Um, as far as like, oh, okay, you can find out this here and, and this there. Um, it's done here to kind of sell sell the rest of this big crossover. Um, some of those are interesting. I, w- I would like to know what happened to, to, to Bishop. Yeah. You know? Me too. That's, this looks that's like actually a cool, the... Yeah. I, I mean, this looks like a cool lineup of people here in this area. You got Beast. You got – it looks like you got X-23, mm-hmm. Beast. Uh Polaris and uh, um, Bishop and some girl. Do you, with guys, do you guys want to commit to one of these or two of these and like see how it actually pans out? Oh, we're going to read all of them. Yeah, oh, we'll read all of them. But I don't know. It's it's just it's just a, a slew of all all these number ones. Yeah, it's just know. it's just ominous. It's 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 kind of obnoxious and kind of kind of not really considering the fans very much these days. But, okay, here's know? the thing. Here's my response to that. Yes, you're 100% correct. I 100% agree with you. I am super annoyed that this is the way that they're doing it. On the other hand, Age of Apocalypse is one of the X-Men's most lucrative and well-regarded crossover events of all time. I didn't yeah. care for it at the time. I didn't even fucking read it. I didn't get I was not an X-Men at the time. Um so I understand why they're kind of trying to recapture that lightning in that bottle. Sure. Because everyone fucking fell for it the first time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I would much rather, as I said, read Age of X-Men 1 through 12 than all of these different, especially as a retailer who has yeah. to figure out, like, who wants what on their subscriptions. Fuck you. Just <laughs> give me a one book, you know, one title. I'm sorry. So. But again, I mean, this isn't anything against the guys putting this book together. I think it's a well-structured story. Um, I think it's done. It's told in a capable manner, mm-hmm. and I think it's it's it, 
this is almost an impossible i mean it's really would be hard to tie all of these different little things together in one book so i think that that's pretty do we know how long each of these series are three four issues who knows it wouldn't surprise me if each of them wouldn't be four issue series and then we get if they're six i swear to god i'm setting something on fire and i'm running out well we're in my store so relax (laughs) there chief no (laughs) no 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 Oh, oh, we're gonna. We're, um, Here I go. I'm looking at. Oh no, no, fuck you. They're five. What? Age of X Men, marvelous X Men number one of five. Are they weekly? Fuck you. All right, let's see. Number two. What's number one? I'm looking on Diamond's website. Age of X Men, Apocalypse and Extracts, two of five. Uh, uh, look up marvelous X Men. Five issue miniseries. That's thirty. Issues. Fuck you. Yeah. Hold on. Age of X Men one. Let's see. Next gen number one comes out two thirteen. Um. Next gen number two comes out three twenty. So they're monthly at least. They're not weekly. But I bet you they're staggered, so that it's every week. Um. Is Age of X Men have a primary book? Um. What's the other word? Omega. I don't even see an Omega. Because it's 17 months from now. Jesus. Uh, No, I mean, like, is there a number two of this book? Well, no, it's Alpha. Or a number one of this book. So Alpha means it's Omega. There is no spine main book. Nope. I don't see one. Fuck this event. I mean, I hope it's really good. I'll read whatever. Listen, that's actually that's that's a good point. If I, it's really good, then I won't I, care. Well, but I, I, right now, I'll tell you, I'm fucking pissed off. Yeah, um, but anyway, yeah, it's 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 dumb. It's just, <laughs> it's just dumb. All right, so. let's move the fuck on. So weird. I'm, I'm, I think I, it's either wired or weird. Wired, it's weird, or word. It's, it's word. Oh, is it word? Dark Horse Comics presents Kurt Pyers and Antonio Fuso's. W-Y-R-D, issue one. Um, also, there's other credits. Who the fuck are these? Oh, oh, colors are Stefano, Simone, and yeah, blah, blah, blah. Michael so, uh, what did you guys think of this book? I didn't read it. Uh, it's you... Kurt Pierce. Oh, thank you. It, it is. Sorry, just to let you know. No, no, no please, uh, thanks. But he, uh, he, he uh, I've, I, I know this guy... He's, I mean, he's, he's a really good writer, and I think he shows he shows that he's a really good writer in this one. Um, this first issue feels a lot like Constantine. Um, it does feel Constantine, yeah. But he, uh, but I think the only thing that that kind of didn't work for me in this first issue was that I didn't feel like there was a there was a, a good footing to the story. I, I didn't know what what I what kind of world I was walking into. Yeah, um, I we've we've talked about this the last couple of weeks, and I I agree with you. Like uh, this felt, it didn't feel like just a cold open, but it felt more like, um, more like that, like a pre credit sequence with just a little bit more extra. But yeah, it didn't leave me cold. It it was more enticing. Uh, and you said you like you got Constantini vibes. 
Comfy, I got kind of tiny food on, you know, just the just the, the tough talking guy in an overcoat with his hands in his pockets, and he's either smoking or drinking, and he's you know, it's one of those things. So I got um, I got Warren Ellis vibes, so I guess yeah. in, in some like the Venn diagram of those just like match a lot of places, a or Pete, like they yeah, overlap like a, a lot. He's like a Pete Wisdom sort of character, yeah, like from Warren Ellis's Excalibur days. But yeah, um, I mean, I I thought that this was. I, I think there's a lot of visual, like really cool visual storytelling things oh, yeah. going on in here. Um, I like the beginning, although I don't know if I it's completely communicated as to what's going on. I guess he jumps off a building and then he heals from it. Well, he um, and then it turns out he's a super soldier right he jumps he off the be. bridge breaks his leg gets hit by a car and then you see all of these great like breaks all these bone breaks yeah. um and then cuts away I, I personally i didn't know anything about this book when we read it yeah. um i'm like all right cool so maybe it's a murder mystery this dude's dead um you find out that he's just finished healing and now he's got a mission <laughs> his his the first dialogue he has is any of you cunts got a cigarette. So there's the Constantini of it all. But, um, but he's sent off to Crimea to find out about this village that has been completely decimated and eaten alive. Um, so it's, it's, I don't know who sends him out or what sends him out. I guess the government sends him out to go fix these supernaturalish problems. Uh, Yeah. I was missing that. Like here, this is your mission. Should you accept it? And like, who he works for. That's mm-hmm. kind of what I want to know. Um, it, that was only that was maybe given one page. But yeah. they kind of circle back around with So it that's why this feels like a cold open because this whole like he whatever he needed to find in Crimea, he finds immediately in this like big burly um murderous monster. As yeah. he's fighting this monster, it's not what's in, like the fight itself doesn't even seem like it's all that important. You get all these flashbacks of um, whatever happened to whatever got him to this point, and then it ends with you know a flashback to 1942. So yeah. that's why it felt like a like a meaty cold open, like the the the, the beginning of a really good, not the beginning of a of a TV show that just teases you, but like the beginning of a really good Bond movie, where it's yeah. almost its own full story that teases the one you're about to watch. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I dug it. it. I thought it was pretty cool. But that I don't. I mean, I guess I get. I guess we're given a piece of like what he is now. He's kind of like a cold-hearted bastard who's kind of suicidal. He's kind a of, cold-hearted uh, snake. Looking yeah. into his eyes. Well, also, he does he have like a pierced nose bridge? What's that called? Septum. Septum. He might. It looks like he might actually. Well, either that, or he, they draw him with constant tears. No, you're right. I think he does have a pierced nose, um, which that's got to hurt. It's up really high. Yeah, uh, go, go through both of his. But maybe that's where they put the super soldier serum in it. Yeah, if that if that um, Hot Topic special <laughs> comes out of his, his septum, then he loses all his powers. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but I, you would think, though, that that would – you would just not want that piercing in a fight because that would just – that's like a – bullseye for well, people who want to fuck with you that's the quandary you can have unlimited life and heal from every wound however the trade-off is you have to have a terrible piercing on your face <laughs> hey, what do you don't do piercing shame me do you do you have a bar underneath your eyeballs that goes all the way through your nose I mean, that I, would I'm hurt i'm not saying i wouldn't ever 
I have allergies. I have allergies. I would snot. I would oh, snot. No, you're right. I'm not going to do that. You're right. No, that's awful. I would snot right out of that. It's not a nose ring. It's day. not like a cute nose ring. Yeah. It's literally a bar in the middle of his face. I hate it that I have two nose holes. I don't want <laughs> two more. Uh, how many places can snot come out of? Well, yeah, exactly. I want more. Just anyway, <laughs> hold my beer. I mean, but I guess that's a way between that and his cardigan. Uh, you know, those are two two ways of kind of really. He's kind of an iconic looking sort of character without being like blue or you know or like mm-hmm. you know have a crazy hairstyle or whatever um it does kind of set him apart i guess yeah you have uh, to have an attitude if you pull up argyle all the time yeah yeah so um so yeah i mean i i, I thought this was a pretty strong first issue and i think it's kind of bold it's kind of like bold in the way that the storytelling is because i think that it uh it doesn't it does not hand feed you everything it it's it says this is an interesting character this is a interesting premise, but we're not going to give it all to you, and we're not going to explain it, it all away. I like the conservatism of the mm-hmm. uh, word, word balloons in this this story that you usually don't get in, in books. Yes, it wasn't it wasn't overly written at all. Like even even when it gets confusing in its storytelling, which is like it's really nitpicking. The, yeah. There's nothing about the story that is confusing. It's just mysterious. Yeah. Uh, but even when it gets into those like deeper thing or the, those like you know in the weeds kind of moments, it doesn't feel like it's losing me. No, it's, well, it's very you, judicious. You know what it reminds well me of? What was that book that uh, Warren Ellis did a while back with Ben Temple Smith? And it was, it was sixteen pages. Fell one fell. issue. Yeah. Fell. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of that where it's like you know it's just this character and he gets into these crazy situations and maybe that's what this is going to be and we'll we'll through the whole through the whole thing we'll get snippets of his past. Um, like if, I, I guess the story is how did he get from the guy in 1942 to now? You know, like how did he become like such an asshole throughout if, those years? If they spend six issues telling single stories with tiny glimpses of backstory. <laughs> I will yeah. I will fucking love that. Like yeah. I'm I'm almost I'm almost like um I have um I guess maybe like a reader fatigue of of everything being constantly connected or it's this epic story that you're telling. Like I really do miss yeah. stuff like Fell and yeah. um um a lot of the stuff like Stumptown did that for a little while. Like every arc was its own little mini mystery and they weren't connected. Casanova did that for a little like yeah. I miss single issue stories or yeah. or long form episodic stuff that's not um super um dramatized or like a soap yeah, opera yeah. like i missed that or, yeah or made out to be this like grand like everyone has like uh it's like an epic like grand story yeah. instead of that just have a character and like put him through crazy situations and just keep you can tell that story you can if it's a good enough character you could and uh and, you know and the stories are interesting enough you could you could have an innumerable uh, series out of that. Yeah, you know? t- television so. sh- television shows have been doing it for decades, and comic yeah. books every once in a while go through it. Where it's it's procedural. You've got every every like fifth or sixth issue really is about like the mythology, but that's not the thrust of the book. The thrust yeah. of the book is these small um, one and done character arc kind of story. Ah, I miss that. 
I, w- I would yeah, love it if that's what this becomes. I don't know. That would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, right now we aren't really given a lot as far as to what's going on other than just, like, brief uh, panels here and there. But I I really like this style of storytelling. And you're right. It reminds me of Warren Ellis, but Warren Ellis is a great writer. And, and uh, you know, I've read a couple of Kurt Pierce's stuff. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a really good dude. Um, I actually stayed with him in uh, at San Diego Comic-Con a couple of years ago, and it was a good time. But uh, we... Uh, um, the, but I'm really happy to see him get this book and, and, uh, I mean, it's, it's well-deserved. So he's had a couple of books out. He has, he's had a couple of, uh, um, books, I think, I don't know. I think he had a couple with Black Mask. I don't know what else he did, but he had like, he worked with Black Mask for one or two series as well. So. And this is, this is Image? Who is, who does this? Dark Horse, I think. This oh yeah. Dark Horse, right? Nice. Yeah. Which you don't see that many, um, like creator owned sort of books for Dark Horse these days. So that's no, kind of surprising. It, you only like see a... like Mike Mignola, like if, it's... unless you're like of a Mike Mignola, I guess Colin Bunn has the, his book with them as well. But it's like they're, they're big names that have like, you know what I mean? It's, it's, they, yeah, they don't it's, do it's, a lot of creator owned stuff. Right now it's just Hellboy related or aliens. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so, but Hellboy's become big business, so I I wouldn't even call that creator owned stuff. That's mm-hmm. Hellboy and Dark Horse sort of go hand in hand. Yeah, sure. I don't think I don't think Dark Horse would be Dark Horse without Hellboy. Oh, that's for goddamn sure. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, but I like this first issue. JD, did you read it or not, nah, dog? Yeah. Well, you should. It's pretty oh, good. It was okay. worth it. All right. Good. Maybe I'll give it a shot. Uh, anything else before we wrap this up, sons? I don't think so. No, it's a solid week of books. Oh, dope. All right, guys. Well, you know what? You can... What'd you guys, what'd you guys think of the uh, Super Bowl commercials last night? Didn't watch them. The, oh, the, um... uh, the trailers? the Like the Avengers trailer? or the? Oh, I watched the Avengers trailer. That was about it. I dug it. Yeah. It I thought it was fine. good. I, I From what I heard, it's like all of the stuff we have seen so far from Avengers is just from the first 20 minutes of the movie, which yeah, I good. think is awesome. Yeah. I think that's, that's going to be the status quo. You can't really show anything else. Honestly, I, t- yeah. I, too, I think that they probably crazy edited the stuff that we even saw. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Marvel does now where they like will we'll take out a character or yeah. it's, they'll replace it. Like uh-huh. for Infinity War, we, you know. That, yeah, there was supposed to be the shot the, of the Hulk and everybody running in slow motion at the yeah. at the screen. Like, yeah, that yeah. didn't happen. Yep, which was, uh, but it's cool that they just had a day, I guess, on set, and they said everybody run to the screen in yeah. slow motion. Well, no, uh, so wait, run down, run down the movie trailers. That was really quick. Um, it was uh, uh, Avengers Endgame. Um, Avengers Endgame. They had. Oh, I. This is the first time I've ever been interested in Fast and Furious, only because it's got <laughs> Idris Elba in it. Guys. Um, I saw Idris Elba and I was like, Idris Elba is in this? I, Join as me. a super villain? Join me as a on villain. The yeah, he's a super villain. Yeah. So that's pretty damn cool. Um, Watch Captain Marvel trailer, that was pretty good. I mean, it wasn't, it, it's, it it's is what it is. It's just more of. Yeah, it's just, yeah. More, it, was, it was really just like a different version of the trailers that have already been out there. And I'm, I'm yeah. actually kind of glad, like, I don't, we're so, we're, we're less than a month away. I'm actually very excited for the movie. I, yeah. I'm, I, and I'm, it's weird. I'm not, overly excited by what they've shown I'm excited about like a new character and just the potential of it I'm so walking really, into really it into hoping it. to be pleasantly surprised but my expectation I'm going to walk in with low expectations hoping that they are changed I have I have 
I have Doctor Strange level expectations. I didn't expect much of that movie, but I did also didn't expect it to be bad. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So it's kind of like uh, like over around there, like you know, it's it's up to you to fuck it up. But I'm well, I'm one of the enjoy it. Well, one of the ones that really kind of stood out to me was the Jordan Peele Twilight Zone uh, oh, that was a great, commercial, yes. which looks awesome. Yeah, yes. and I like the I like what they did with that trailer. Um, yeah, sort of pretending to fuck with the footage of the actual Super Bowl. I thought that was real yeah. fun. Yeah, it was it was a uh, it was really good. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to that. His new movie looks creepy. Oh my oh, god! Yeah, yeah. Can't wait. Can't Us wait. looks yeah. so gross and so yeah. creepy. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for this new Twilight Zone. I think it could be a lot of fun, and it, it makes me want to go back. I've, you know, for a long time actually, on the Cult Pop Network there is a uh, podcast dedicated solely to the um, Twilight Zone called Sound, mm-hmm. Sight, and Mind. So um, I, I've been wanting to go back and watch those old episodes, which I've never really seen before, and check them out. Yeah, those, there are some really good stuff in that original series, and from the '80s series too. Like all of that stuff is really good. They, you know, they do that on like uh, sci-fi on like New Year's Day. They play every episode yeah. of the Twilight Zone, which is nice. Is so. is your excitement enough to pay for CBS All Access? Yeah, that's what this annoys me. It's yeah, like I was now bummed. I gotta, I'm going to have to fucking do that or find some illegal way of downloading it. <laughs> I don't it, know. Like it's, it hasn't, it hasn't like Star Trek still hasn't gotten me to pay for that service. So yeah, everybody keeps on saying, but there's, I don't know. I, I think that that's, that's a mistake um, to do it that way, but um, who knows? Maybe this will be the breakout, but I don't see a lot of people shelling over a lot of money to, to see a, a horror series um, mm. like that, other than true horror fans, I think. Yeah, especially but, not a throwback horror series. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting. I mean, Jordan Peele has his, his hands in everything lately. Um, there's a new um, there's a new documentary that's coming out this week called, uh, I believe it's called film noir or film oh um uh it's on sh- it's gonna be on shutter right um, shutter yeah and it's it's basically um, Hor- is it horror uh, noir um horror noir yeah something like that um uh, but it's it's on shutter and it's it's uh basically the black experience in in horror cinema and it it like interviews the guy who played blackula and like all of this like going back to night of the living dead and and also talking about ganja and hess and, and some of the other like kind of iconic movies in black cinema that have to do with horror and um so horror noir. That, I, yeah i'm looking noir. it up now yeah. yeah yeah that's i i that i really want to see that it should be on uh that should be um i'm going to try to watch it before i uh put up my column this weekend so okay. i can review well, it on that note actually uh i do a show called gutter talk with len from the black tribbles and Len has another show on his Black Tribbles podcast network called the Me Show Mission. And basically what they do, it's two black guys who talk about every black film in existence. So each show is another black, you know, um, cinema experience. So if that sort of thing interests you, you should definitely check that out as well. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, all right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I have a Patreon. If you guys want to help the show out, you can go to Patreon slash Johnny Destructo. Thank you so much for everybody who donates to that. It really means a lot to me. Um, it's just the best, and it does help just a little bit. And, uh, Noel, people can find you at Mr. Bartocci on Twitter. On the Twitters. Uh, I'm on the other platform, so if you want to find me, you can. And then Mark underscore L underscore Miller. Tell the people. 
Uh, you can find me at uh, on the Twitters at Mark underscore L underscore Miller and also on ML Miller Writes. And uh, I have a weekly column on ComicCon.com and uh, it's it's focusing on uh, horror movies. So, um, yeah, I'm those places. You can probably find me. Dope. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us, and we will talk at you later. Bye! Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah. 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 Yeah.